a new private sector role for a longtime federal technology executive. Don Meyerichs retired last year as the deputy director of the CIA for Science and Technology. She served before that at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory, the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, and the Defense Information Systems Agency. She's now been appointed as a member of the board of directors at Cold Quanta. She talked with me about the new role and how it dovetails with her long experience in the federal government. So I retired from federal service at the end of uh, last year. And um, one of the people that I spent a lot of time with inside also joined this corporation and brought it to my attention. And I had sponsored some early research at IARPA on quantum, but I, was, I would say on my best day, I was a quantum skeptic that it was gonna take a long time to actually have something that was production quality that made a difference. And she really encouraged me to talk to her tech team. And what I think is so interesting about Cold Quanta and the leadership team that they put together there is they have a very pragmatic approach to get to quantum computing. And along the way, they're gonna focus on things like uh, precision clocks and inertial navigation because those two things come in pairs and quantum sensors. So it was the first time that I saw an actual business plan that married up what was possible with the tech with a long-term vision that I think is achievable because those are proving stops along the way. So I, I told Scott, they turned me from a skeptic into a believer in the business case. And so it was a great pleasure to be part, to be added to their team because I, we need it. <laughs> we need it across the board. And here's an opportunity for me to put my money where my mouth is and actually uh, help make that happen. That's super interesting. Um, say a little bit more about what you mean by pragmatic. What are the <laughs> pragmatic and non-pragmatic ways to approach quantum at this period in time? Well, I think, you know, one of the things the federal government is really, really good at is taking long-term views for returns on uh, research and development early, early on. So basic research and development. And so the work that we were doing at IARPA and other places was really focused kind of on the long-term game plan. And I think that's great and it underpins a lot of great science, but I also think there are a lot of interim steps that you can take. And the fact that we're using, in this case, other people's money um, investors' money and coming up with a very pragmatic, here's some things that we've got to work out, like precision clock, um, which then lends itself to inertial navigation, which lends itself to the next step of quantum sensors, is I think the pragmatic piece that I really like about what I'm seeing here from the approach that the company's taking. It's not a 20 years and maybe we'll have something. It's a, there are proving grounds that we can take step by step by step and also generate some revenue and work out the kinks and continue to make progress against the vision and end goal that I think is the big idea and the big game changer. So what, what do you think your long federal service brings to the table as a board member to, to help with all these efforts? So my reputation was always being the one who asked the questions that made people uncomfortable. Mm. And, it, and it wasn't about um, the tech generally, because I mean, let's be honest, as a senior in the government, uh, you don't want me making complex technical calls, right? That's not my job anymore. But my job really is to ask questions about um, how's the team doing? How are the stakeholders? Can we articulate a business case that makes sense on a timeline that people can buy into? It was really asking those kinds of questions. And I loved it because I would have world experts explaining the tech to me, but I would also then put them through their paces on the, okay, show me what are the interim deliverables? How do I know that we're making progress? And how are your stakeholders? All of those sorts of things that I think are absolutely perhaps more important than the tech itself, which so often gets overlooked. <laughs> Yeah, and wanted to ask you specifically about your your last government role at CIA, leading S&T directorate. I, I know there's specific technologies, probably other things that you definitely can't talk about. But in that job specifically, what what's some of the work that you're proudest of? 
Yeah, thanks for that question. Um, I, I love that team. I still work with that team from a leadership perspective. So, you know, the fact that InQtel went international with UK and Australia, I'm really proud of. Uh, we, we got CIA labs launched so that the govies can hold file and hold patents. Um, we actually came up with a program to recognize government expertise and, and reward that. And then we also did a lot of work to put DSNT officers much more closely integrated into operations and analysis. And we saw immediate gains from that. So those are the kinds of things that I can talk about. And then also just because I know this, this community that you, that you talk to, um, DSNT is known for operating in all domains and all phenomenology, land, air, space, maritime, and support to human operations. That's, that's the key piece. And I'll just cite historical examples and invite your readers to imagine. So if you think about the SR-71, the first photo satellites, dragonfly copters, dead drop rats, disguises, and Argo, you're in the ballpark of the kinds of things that the DSNT is still doing from a um, technology perspective. It really is the most amazing organization I've ever had the privilege to be a part of. Interesting. Um, before we let you go, I want to actually loop all the way back to, to quantum because um, it's all sci-fi to me, to be completely honest. <laughs> You said we really need it. Describe a little bit more what, what, why it's so interesting and why we, why we need it in your view. Well, so, I mean, the, the one, I think the sky is falling thing that everybody gets um, kind of engaged in is the, the fact that quantum at production would actually make cracking public key cryptography trivial. Right. And because we've got that pretty much permeated through our infrastructure, oh, by the way, you know, back in the day, I was part of that first enterprise license for Netscape's PKI uh, certificate um, servers. So I feel kind of responsible to make sure that I don't just leave, you know, everybody in the lurch on that. But beyond that, there's a whole set of um, problems that right now take literally days, hours, weeks to compute uh, fluid dynamics. What if we could process radar as it came off uh, the collectors at speed? You know, there's, there's just these marvelous problems. You know, if we could do detection, because radar's day, night, uh, all weather. Um, if we could do detection, object identification, at the speed at which the radar processor is collecting that data, you have a whole bunch more options at that point um, if you're trying to play either offense or defense. So there's this class of problems that just lends itself at full production that would, again, change the way we think about um, offense and defense. How, how does it help on the defense side? Does getting to quantum first also solve some of the cryptography problems? That's that's why I don't fully have my head around, I think. So I think in that case, you can actually start to estimate how long it'll take for some, some things to be, I mean, if nothing else, it gives us visibility into how either hard or trivial it is for, you know, implementations that we've got in place. Mm. Um, but I think this is part of what I see is that, you know, like, when we can figure out uh, how to actually do quantum sensors at scale, which isn't, isn't the compute piece yet, but is the sensor piece, then uh, now that helps you with defense, you get more indications and warnings, you get more time to take action. Those kinds of things are what I think about in terms of how it helps the defense. That's Don Myricks, former CIA Deputy Director for Science and Technology, now a board member at Cold Quanta. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash federal drive. Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. Ricola. It's in our nature. 
Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.